exciting and new Come aboard We're expecting you I know that a life without love is no life at all Love. These are what we stay alive for. I love you. I know. smart man but I know what love is and in the end the love you take is equal to the love you make I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. Hello, and welcome to Michael's Record Collection, where we talk about great music with the people who make it and the people who love it. I'm your host, Michael Citro, and this is episode number 98. Joining me for this episode are returning guests John Lamoureux from The Hustle Podcast and Ben Montgomery from Records Revisited. You may have noticed this episode dropped a couple of days early. That's because we wanted it to go live on Valentine's Day. Why? Because we're talking about great love songs. And what could be better than a show about great love songs dropping on Valentine's Day? Before we get started on today's topic, I'd like to invite you to join me at michaelsrecordcollection.com. That's my website and includes links to everything. You can sign up for my free electronic newsletter, get it in your mailbox every week. There's a link there to my Patreon program where you can find the different levels of support, what you get for them. The more you support the show, the more I give you back in return. There are also links to my social media sites. You can always follow me at all the social medias, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and at Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I'd love to hear from you. Please drop me a line at michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com. Ask a question. Say hello. Let me know where in the world you're listening from. Make suggestions. Give me feedback. Whatever you want to do, I'd like to hear from you. As the Information Society once sang, Tell me what's on your mind. All right, let's get to that discussion with John and Ben about great love songs. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, and I hope you enjoy getting your episode this week a couple of days early. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. 
Uh, I have two returning guests this week. We're going to uh, talk about the topic of love songs. And uh, joining me are John Lamoureux from the Hustle podcast. You might remember he was on episode 89. We talked about great morning wake-up songs. And I've got Ben Montgomery returning from the Records Revisited podcast. He was on way back on episode number 10, talking about his podcast and record collecting in general. And he was on uh, episode number 60, two milestone episodes, Ben. We were talking about going to see The Who together. So, gentlemen, welcome back. Hi. Hi. Was that that a Morningwood episode? Is that what that was? You know, whenever you're, yeah. I mean, that factors in your brain goes there, by the way, speaking of morning wood, there's a video portion of this because I'm imagining the terror of anyone watching the three of us talking about love songs. Well, you know, Barry white was a sexy individual and, uh, you know, if he can pull it off, the three of us bald fat guys can pull it off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm going to give you guys each an elevator pitch to talk about your show before we get underway with the topic. So, John, we'll start with you because you're on the top of my Zoom call. You were on the call first. So uh, give us your elevator pitch. Tell us about the Hustle podcast, just as a reminder. Was that the Hustle podcast at me for being late again? <laughs> Pretty that, much. Was that? Okay. All right. No one needed to know that, but you brought it up. Yeah. If you want to go there, um, out yourself. So The Hustle, we've been around for almost eight years. I do weekly long-form Marin-like interviews with my favorite musicians, favorite artists. Some of them, in the early days, it was kind of more obscure people. We've gotten, we've been successful over the years, so you'd probably know most of the people that we have on just flex. nowadays. Just go ahead, just flex. Yeah, just so flex. We're, we're one of the, I hear it regularly, we're one of the best music podcasts out there. I, All right, I Ben, tell us about Records Revisited. It's your time uh, in the elevator here. Yeah, we've, we've been doing it for, this is year five, and we just talk about our favorite records. And we have guests on. You've been on. We talked about Boston. I did. I'm still not, I'm still not sure why you picked the second Boston and not the first Boston, but hey, that's cool. And John's been on. In fact, we've got an episode coming up where we did Friend or Foe from uh, mm. Mr. Adam Ant. Mm-hmm. yeah but nice. i have i have musicians on but we don't we don't have all the big names like john because they don't want to do the homework they're too lazy to be on your show let's <laughs> yeah, be honest it, it requires homework it does yeah. yeah it does it's not easy to rank uh songs from an album you love that uh, it's it's really i think that's hell that's what hell is like forcing you to do that <laughs> for all of eternity ranking for, those songs for some albums some albums it's really easy because <laughs> the cream is at the top and you just you know you go that's my 10 that's my nine that's my eight all right well that's why always... Ben's show is so provocative because yeah. as a listener you're like how can you give that song a six or whatever you weirdo. You know? yeah when you're listening along you just want to get in fights and argue with everybody that's yeah. why it works I did. I wanted to drop the gloves and go after these guys for the uh, the Roy Orbison uh, episode recently, the Mystery Girl episode. I haven't listened to it yet. Which, yeah. I have which, it. Good which, stuff. Which song did you not uh, think that we scored high enough? Um, several of them, but you know, you got to put something <laughs> at the bottom, I guess. <laughs> okay. right. I thought there was a lot of uh, a lot of unnecessary hate for Windsurfer. That song is terrible, dude. <laughs> 
I do. I do I, like your show because it, because uh, it forces me to listen to bands that I've never heard before. So there, you have a lot of Americana folks on that I was not aware of. It's like, wow, where are you finding all these people? You're just hanging out in clubs somewhere. We got we got in good a couple of years ago with the Americana scene. So like mm-hmm. like anytime I see some of them posting about we're doing a benefit show in East Nashville and I'm looking down the lineup and I'm like, you've been on my show and you've been <laughs> on my show and you've been on my show. So yeah, we got in really good with that, with that, that crowd. And honestly, they're passionate music fans, which is exactly what I want for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it makes for some really fun. And like you said, provocative conversation. Yeah, and that's how I feel when they announce things like "Cruel World." I'm like, I know these people. These people, right? All right, that yeah. was another flex. Flex, flex. flex. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I see, how this, I see how this show is going to go. It's it's a show about love, and we're just gonna we're just gonna bicker all night. <laughs> like like an old married couple that's yeah good john point. you are the sun you are the rain <laughs> see now that's the kind of song that i had in mind when this topic uh kind of crossed my mind when i was in college i delivered pizzas for a while which is a great job for a college kid because you go home with cash in your pocket every night and when i started delivering pizzas in a, a an affluent suburb of columbus ohio there was a radio station that actually was in our delivery area. And it was a light rock station called Sunny 95. Sunny 95. And every night they had a guy, I think his name was John Simon. And they had like three hours of love songs and nothing but love songs. So like mm-hmm. Delilah. I was just going to say, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had, you know, back in those days, you would hear, most of the love songs you would actually hear were really songs about unrequited love breakup songs heartbreak songs they're not really about love it's about the absence of love or or not the absence of love but the absence of the person you love i guess and but it was a good thing to listen to on the nights when my my i used to listen to my baseball team lose a lot of games while i was delivering pizzas and when they were out west and they weren't playing for several hours or whether they it was an off night i would listen to love songs and nothing but love songs and sometimes we would deliver actual pizzas to the radio station to the guy who was doing love songs nothing but love song and let me tell you that guy did not tip really did not tip was i was not a fan of the fact that he did not tip (laughs) but you you do realize how much djs make right i was just gonna say that i think the whole radio industry is like on a shoestring but occasionally he would play my request though if i just told it to him in person so there you go yeah that would be good so the assignment was to pick five love songs and uh, bring them to the table to discuss tonight. And uh, the the idea I kind of had in my mind was was that light rock sort of style love song. But you guys surprised me because, you know, there weren't any parameters given to you on the assignment. So you came at me with some different types of songs and I'm not mad about it. I'm here to talk about it. So we're going to we're going to go round robin style. Tell us what your picket is and, you know, kind of what you love about it. Any factoids you want to throw in is fine. So John's going to go first and then Ben, and then I'll go last. And this is not a slam on you for being late, Ben. You weren't that late. We're not that mad at you. So here we go. Uh, John, it doesn't matter what order you went. I don't know if you even ordered them, but uh, go in any order you want. Tell us your first song. 
All right. I didn't put them in any real order, but I think I'll start with one of the most obvious choices that I could think of is My Girl by the Temptations. reason I picked this song is because it is my belief that it is the greatest song ever recorded. Now, that's not to say that it's my favorite song of all time, but I think it's just about the most perfect song ever written. When you consider, first of all, just the message of the, of the song is universal. It's uh, sweet and simple, yet profound. The voice of David Ruffin, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, is probably the voice of Motown. When you think of Motown, I think of David Ruffin's voice. And the MVP to, to it all, to me, is um, a ranger by the name of Paul Reiser. And you're all thinking of the actor-comedian Paul Reiser. The house arranger for Motown back in the day was a Black gentleman named Paul Reiser. And whenever you hear strings or orchestration or whatever on any of those old classic Motown songs, he is the one who put those things together. If anyone has Showtime, there's a fantastic, excellent, unmissable documentary on Motown on there. I can't remember. It's probably, I think it's called Hitsville or something like that. And it ta- I've tried to find Paul. I can't find him anywhere. I would love to have him on the show. But um, I am of the belief that this is the most perfect song ever recorded. And I, and I visited, I got to visit Motown once on a business trip. It should be bigger and better than it is. It kind of is a little rundown which makes a little bit of sense because it's really just a small house, but if someone needs to pump some money in there and get some better tchotchkes and some better swag and some better stuff, but you go in the studio and there's pictures of the temptations on the wall. All the, all the microphones are dangling from the ceiling. They're not on stands. Mm -hmm. They're dangling from the ceiling and you see pictures of people like the temptations, the five of them standing around in a circle around the microphone that's, hanging from the ceiling and you're just realizing that you're in you're on sacred ground you're in a hallowed space where those the drum kit in the corner is the one that was used for like nowhere to run to by Martha and the Vandellas the piano sitting there is what is probably what you know Stevie Wonder used for lately or something like that you can go into the office where the front the the lady at the who answered the phones and handed out the mail and there's the original like couches and chairs and you sit in the couch and you realize Smokey Robinson's ass has been right where my ass is right now. You know, Diana Ross was sitting right there and all of them grew up right there within like a few blocks. How much genius, how much mastery existed within a few blocks of this one spot in Detroit. Anyway, that was a long preamble to just tell you that's why I think <laughs> my girl is a perfect, the most perfect song ever recorded. Ben, what, you got anything for uh, my girl? All right. 
I, mean, I way overdid that. I'm sorry, guys. I just, <laughs> no, it's good. I could. They won't all be like that, but I just was. I'm passionate about this. I'll I'll second Hitsville. It's sacred ground. Like yeah. you just walk in and you just go. There was so much that was created in this space, and it's not a big space. No, at all. Like mm-hmm. it's it's essentially two small houses put together. Yeah, it's a great song. I don't go there. I don't really go there. I feel like I've heard it so many times that I'm just like, I know. And I don't expect anyone to see it differently after I've said that or whatever, but I am putting a stake down as someone who loves music more than 99% of the people on this earth as the three of us do to come to settle on one song being the most perfect ever recorded. And this is it. I had to give it a shout out. Yeah. There were some things I didn't know about this song, uh, just looking into it, getting ready for this show. Didn't know it was the Temptations' first number one hit in the U.S. Uh, I didn't know that it was. I, I don't know how I didn't know this. I didn't know it was written by Smokey Robinson and Ronald White, who also produced it. And uh, I didn't know that it was the first single by the Temptations to feature David Ruffin on lead vocals. Who I didn't know that either. Wow. So that was watch, uh, that's all interesting the, stuff. Watch, watch the mini series. You can see how. David came into the band. Oh, okay. Changed the dynamic of the band. All right. Cool. Good good pick. Way to start us off here on our love songs. Ben, you are up. So I'm I'm starting with uh well it's my it's my wedding song. So it's Mark Cohn's true companion. Baby, I've been searching like everybody else. Can't say nothing different about myself. Sometimes I'm an angel and sometimes I'm cruel And when it comes to love, I'm just another fool Yes, I'll climb a mountain I'm gonna swim the sea There ain't no act of God, girl Could keep you safe from me My arms are reaching out out across this canyon I'm asking you to be my true companion True companion True companion It's actually one of the few artists that my wife and I can agree on. <laughs> we don't agree on music, but it's it's just a perfect song. I don't really have. Was I supposed to do research like John did? <laughs> you didn't have to, but okay. you know, just because that was all off the top of my head. Ben. <laughs> that wasn't research. That's yeah. what lives up here you're, in this bald dome of mine. You're amazing. <laughs> I know. Amazing, John. <laughs> but anyways, that it's it's off of the same album that uh, has Walking in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, he was supposed to be the next big thing. He like won a ton of Grammys for that and then um i mean he's had he's had a decent career but he's he's definitely a club type performer um and the song is a staple of of that uh of of his set so yeah yeah. that's a nice song lyrically i can see why you picked it i can see why it's it's your song I had kind of forgotten about this song and, and actually I'd kind of forgotten about that album other than Walking in Memphis. Those two songs book and the album. Uh, Walking in Memphis starts it off and and True Companion closes it. So 
Uh, it's an interesting choice for a closer. Uh, I think it's a great closer. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all right. Good stuff. Were you aware of that song too, uh, John? Oh, yeah. I've been to several weddings where that's been the, the song. <laughs> I know. I think it gets I know. It's, it's cliche. <laughs> it's probably cliche. Uh, a little bit. It was in the 90s when it, it, when it oh, came it, out. Oh, it totally was. And we, we got <laughs> married in 97. So, yeah, I think that's about that time. I will say, I got to, you know, it's um, because I felt like I heard it a lot back then, I kind of dismissed it out of hand. I, but I listened to it tonight or what, getting ready to talk tonight with an open mind for the first time in a long time with headphones on. And I thought, there is more going on to this lovely little song than I thought there was. There's yeah. some stuff going on in the background and uh, it kind of gave me a new appreciation. And I think it's probably because I, you know, it's been 20 years since I heard it or had to hear it or whatever. It is a beautiful little ditty. I'm glad you picked it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Ben. I'm going to start off with my, I, I picked, I tried to stick to actual love songs, but he did pick one that's about, you know, unrequited love. And I'm going to start with that. And that is, it, weirdly enough, I picked three songs from the same year, which I, it was totally accidental. From 1981, it was released in September. And the album In the Pocket, The Commodores doing Oh No. song that was written and sung by Lionel Richie. The strings, the keyboards, the vocals, the lead vocal and the harmony vocals all make this song for me. And it was used to absolutely devastating effect in the 1982 movie, The Last American Virgin. If you've oh, seen that movie. Everything just... was devastating. Just once. You'll never hear just once again the same way after that movie. Yeah, it was. That was a... As, as someone who has experienced some of the things as the protagonist of that movie has experienced, that was a rough one to watch. <laughs> wow. I don't think I've watched that since like 85. Oh, is it worth classic. revisiting? Oh, I haven't yes. seen it in years, but it, it, okay. it too many bad memories. <laughs> it's a classic. I don't recall it having a great ending as far as. Uh, no, it's like the saddest ending yeah, of all yeah. time. He's yeah. driving home crying his eyes out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not not the way you want to it's like oh. okay well let me turn that off it's 11 30 let me go to bed now um, yeah it's, that's not great but yeah oh, the song the way they use the, the music in that movie is great and and that's where i really picked up on how great this song is i don't know if you guys uh listen to it if you like it if it's something that you listen to periodically i don't know how you feel about the commodores but this one really is is when i think about songs about unrequited love that's one of the ones that really leaps to mind for me. I almost picked two different Lionel Richie type songs. So I, I already kind of mentioned you are, I, I feel like that is just a perfect 
wow. pop song. Um, and I almost picked Endless Love, but I thought that that was going to be way too cliche. <laughs> and I would start quoting Happy Gilmore if I um, <laughs> picked that one. So I didn't. You are might be the actual opposite of this song. You are a no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe might be tonally yeah. and, and, you know, lyrically, I think, uh, and, and yeah, I think it might be. So that's my first pick. And we are back to John for pick two. Well, let me give you my thoughts on Lionel real quick. Before. Okay. So first and foremost, I love Lionel. And that's one of that was an interesting choice because that's not one of their songs that you hear every day. I haven't heard no. that in a long time. But I had an interesting experience with Lionel. I saw him at Red Rocks probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago, or something like that. And it occurred to me when seeing him live that, first of all, 80% of what he does is a ballad. Because I was thinking it would be, oh, you could do um, All Night Long and then a ballad. And then You Are and then a ballad. And then Say You Say Me and then a ballad. And and. After you got through like five of those, like maybe running in the night, running with the night, like, oh, I think we might be out of upbeat songs to play. <laughs> and every time, and he, he's a great showman, nothing against him, but he would sit down at the piano and start playing a couple key, couple notes. And you realize, I don't remember if this is easy or penny lover or stuck on you or three times a lady <laughs> or lady or oh no or hello, or you know what I mean? They all kind of sound the same. Once they get going, they don't sound the same. But at the mm -hmm. beginning, when he's just tinkling some notes on a piano, they all sound the same. And so that, it was a realization, nothing against Lionel, I love him, but you just sort of like, wow, he he was working off the same template like daily right then, you know? Mm -hmm. And he had a ton of success about it. Anyway. Know what you're good at. <laughs> yeah, well, made him super rich. Okay, I'm going to go completely the opposite direction. This is the least love song, love song that I have here. And mm -hmm. it's from one of my favorite bands of all time, The Outfield. I think most people remember The Outfield from Your Love and a few other songs from back in the day. Um, Voices of Babylon. And they are just one of the great power pop trios of all time. Two of the guys are dead now, unfortunately. Mm. They'll never be what they were. And I think most people probably don't even know that in their later years, they released two of their strongest albums of all. One of them, the last one, is called Replay. And it has a song on it called In Your Company. It doesn't sound like a love song. It's not romantic. You're not going to put it on to get in the mood or anything like that. But what I love about it is that it's this super beautiful, positive, lyrical rendition of just being in love. And I just want to say, he the in the chorus, he says over and over, I'm on top of the world. It feels good to have you near me. And he says, I'm so happy to be in your company. But he's not saying it in any way, shape, or form, in any kind of like treacly drippy sappy way it's in this 
kind of rocking, upbeat chorus. You just feel the positivity. And it's so nice to hear a song that is a positive description of being in love. And you're imagining, I mean, this is the last album by a guy, he's dead now, but in the 60s or so when he put this album out. And so you're imagining someone who might have even been married for a long time. And he's just saying, I'm on top of the world. It feels so good to be in your company. It feels so good to have you near me. And when the way that he says these very simple but profound words, I just think are is beautiful. Even though the song is a rocker, it's not a beautiful song. I love it. You're shaking your head yes a lot there, Ben. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I was mostly shaking my, my head for... Yes, the outfield continued to put out really good albums until mm-hmm. until they were done. This one doesn't completely stand out for me. I'm I'm gl- mm-hmm. I, I I say this a lot on my podcast. I love that you love this, John. Mm, thank you. Can you at least appreciate the term of endearment? The uh, yeah. you know the it's coming from the heart. The endearment of what he's trying to say yeah, in the when, song. When you said you were going to pick an outfield song, I thought you were going to go. For you from mm-hmm. early nineties. That that was the that was the, what was the one song. you were talking about, Michael. The um, uh, I nearly picked Shelter Me from uh, Voices right. of Babylon, that's, and that's good. That's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. mine's a little more physical love involved, than, but this this is, does have a, a lovely sentiment. I couldn't place it. Maybe you guys can help me with this. Something about this song reminded me of the police. I couldn't place what it was. They were for better or worse given police uh, comparisons their entire career. Power Trio. Power Trio, Poppy. Um, This last album, actually, Replay, almost sounds like the poppier side of Rush to me, believe it or not. And so, yeah, if you were to mix Rush, another Power Trio, coincidentally, Rush with Police, I think you would have, especially the latter-day version of the outfield. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not always heard it. But they get compared, and I've always wondered if that was just a knee-jerk reaction to them both being power trios. But that's what a lot of people say. Yeah. So the last album before John Spinks died, Tony Lewis sounded just as good in 2011 as he did in 1985. It's, yeah. That's with the type of voice he had. That's very unusual. Yeah. Just some something about it. It just gave me a. It had like a police quality or a police vibe to it for me. A um, little bit of a mid-tempo song. Not an obvious love song choice, but you're right. The lyrics uh, are very much, you feel every word that that he's singing. Mm-hmm. The yeah. sentiment said it all, and I yeah. like that. All right. Good pick, because that, uh, that was one I haven't revisited in a while, that album and that song. So uh, that brings us back to Ben. Yeah. So my next pick is from the Trogs. It's called Love is All Around. I love the trucks. They're one of the most 
underappreciated bands of the 60s from the British invasion or whatever you want to call it. I can't, and I, again, I didn't do my homework. I didn't see what year this came out. 1967. I was going to say 66, 67. I, so, so let me, let me give you the, the long story. I'm going to get, I'm going to give you the John Lamoureux um, version (laughs) of describing this back in 88 in 89, I was I was DJing and I got so tired of listening to the same crap that I was playing at dances that I kind of did a whole. I just went back and I started listening to 60s and early 70s music. That's kind of where I just dis- I discovered my Motown love. I was listening to things like Herman's Hermits and I discovered the Trogs and that was just a band that I just fell in love with. And then a couple of years later, REM does an unplugged and they did love is all around. And I'm like, okay, my favorite band just covered one of my favorite songs. Maybe I am cool after all. And that that's really what it just comes down to. And I know that a, a lot of people have, covered this song i think wet 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 covered it for Mm -hmm. um it was on uh four weddings and a funeral i think that was it again i'm going cold turkey i'm I'm going john lamoureux right off the top of my head with 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 all killing it ben everything you're saying checks out yeah okay all right and it's just a beautiful it's a simple song but just says everything that you need to know yeah it's a great love song. I do think they shouldn't have ripped it off from Billy Mac's Christmas is all around in love. Actually the big <laughs> Christmas song. <laughs> Bill okay. Oh, that's a deep pull. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was, that was, uh, that was great. Uh, Bill Nye uh, as the rocks aging rock star, Billy Mac doing a, a, a version of this as Christmas is all around throughout the, throughout that movie. Yeah. This I only is, saw love. I saw love actually once in the theater and I didn't like it and I haven't seen it since. I, I don't remember it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh boy. Yeah. We're we need to have a movie night. Then. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> when I when I well, come out to Denver to, to hang out with you for SEAL. Good. It's, uh, it's a good it's good for a Valentine's Day uh, evening at home with the missus, or you know, it's also a Christmas movie. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That'll work. Yeah. Uh the Trogs. You uh, you big Trogs fan, John? I couldn't name another Trog song, I'm afraid. Um, wild thing. This is, you know wild thing oh of course yes 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 of course yeah this is a great tune i see this i put this song in kind of the same category as like love is all you need um or all you need is love by the beatles it's more of like a love for the earth love for all of us one world one you know humankind kind of a thing mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that though it's kind of a love to be alive sort of song yeah love sure. is the the force that binds yeah. us all together i guess yeah, yes. good pick, Ben. Good job. I'm going to go to an obvious, uh, obvious light rock station staple. Uh, when the band Foreigner decided to go light rock with "Waiting for a Girl Like You" from the Four album.
1981, second of my 1981 songs. I lumped my three 1981 songs together to get them out of the way. This is Lou Graham, his voice at its finest, using every bit of his his range, his power, everything. Uh, A lot of people don't know Thomas Dolby played synthesizer on this. Uh, It is a key component of the song, in fact. And uh, that, along with Lou's vocals and Mutt Lang's production, just make this a a well-polished love song. It works on every level. And it's, uh, you know, the, the only weird thing is it only went to number two on the Billboard Hot 100. I, I figured this was a number one track for sure. It was number one on the mainstream rock chart, which is odd because it got much higher than it did on the adult contemporary chart, which that was, was that, that was five. because of Olivia Newton, John kept it out of the number one physical kept out yeah this one Hmm. wow so uh yeah waiting for a girl like you thoughts gentlemen we'll start with ben i mean i almost picked a different foreigner song i almost picked i don't want to live without you from which one was that was that agent provocateur it was uh i think the one after after that and now i can't even remember what it was uh yeah what is uh... the album name we were looking for was Inside Information. That's right. Foreigner's Inside Information is the one we could not think of. Back to Michael's record collection already in progress. That's the one with the girl in the toilet? What? No, that's Head Games. That's Head Games. Head Games. Head Games, yeah. <laughs> I no. mean, that's that's how memorable that album was that we can't remember what it yeah. was called. It had uh, some good songs on it, but overall it was, yeah. a, it was a step down. Lou is more concerned about going solo at that point. Well, I want to know what love is. That was agent provocateur. Yes. 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 Correct. So whatever the one was before that, but I Uh, didn't No, you didn't pick it. I, I, I can't wait until we actually do an episode on foreigner four because Wayne hates foreigner (laughs) hates them. So that's going to be a really fun episode. Mm. yeah i can't wait i hope somebody picks it it soon yeah just throwing that out there yeah just throwing that out time brother okay anytime throwing that out there john your thoughts on waiting for a girl like you i love it and i love foreigner i i was i will admit their songs i'm not tired of a single one of them i love them still to this day but they they almost are emotionless to me like i don't listen to that it doesn't move me or remind me that I love anyone. It's they're all more songs that I'm excited to hear on the radio and I would crank up mm-hmm. and sing along to than something that's situational where it's like, I, I'm in the, I'm loving somebody right now. So I'm going to play waiting for a girl like you. They're up more upbeat stuff is not quite that way. Like I think my favorite song of theirs is probably urgent. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're not situational, emotive songs. They're crank up the radio songs. And to me, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And so I love this song. It doesn't put me in a love frame of mind. Michael, if you ever do a a episode about booty calls, (laughs) Urgent will be one of my picks. Oh, good one. Yeah. Okay. And here's here's my flex. Oh, Oh, there you go. Flex. There you go. Signed by Lou. Signed by Lou. It's yeah. great. Nice. I love that album. Yeah, it's, it's a, a it's, one. it's, I mean, come Wayne's, on. Wayne's stupid. 
<laughs> we know Wayne is stupid. Wayne's stupid. Yeah. And there's no way he'll 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 hear you say that to him on your show, but he won't hear this on my show probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he he never listens back to any of our episodes. Mm. He's never once listened to any of our episodes. I won't say early on I told him he, he needed to listen just to see if our levels were correct, but since then, no. Yeah. And he won't listen to any of my guest <laughs> spots either. So, okay. Well, at least you know where you stand with him. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. All right. That brings us back around to John. All right. The final three that I have, um, two of the three are specifically around lyrics, which is interesting because I'm not really a lyric person. You I'm way more. You're, you're, I, don't, I, I think you're wrong. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm so much more into the vibe and like the feel of something than I am the lyrics. But my next two choices are very lyric specific and vibe specific. I'm going to go with Message to My Girl by Split Ends. probably my second favorite song of all time depending on last time i created a list anyway it was that high it was also a staple on every mixed cd or mixtape i ever made for anyone back in the day because the lot the lyrics are so direct like you take it i don't want to say i love you that would give away too much i don't want to say i want you even though i want you so much no more empty self-possession, vision swept under the mat. It's no New Year's resolution. It's more than that. And it says so many of the things that a person who is done looking would say. Like, I'm, I, I'm through playing the field. I've said all that other, I've told other women these things. I've, told, I've said that I would, I love them more than anything and it didn't work. And I've said all the right things and done all the right things. And the relationship's just falling apart. I don't want to do that anymore. This is it. I'm saying it once and for all to you and we're, and I'm done. I'm going all in on this. And I love how honest and direct that is. Plus the song is to me romantic and beautiful. And it's written by Neil Finn. Who's the greatest songwriter of all time. You yeah, have so much wood for Neil. It's not even funny. I do. I just have a giant <laughs> wood for Neil. <laughs> Strong vocals. I wrote down great lyrics. That was one of the first things I wrote down here. And uh, this was 
this was released when a younger me was in his last semester of high school. So yeah, it, it resonates and um, terrific pick from uh, January of 84. Are you a, a split ends guy, Ben? Not really. No. Mm. I like crowded house though. Mm-hmm. Um, but split ends. Nah, I just, no, I don't know. Never got into them. I, we've talked about split ends, John, mm-hmm. and I know that you're, you love them. And I love I do, that but- you love them. <laughs> I don't, you know, it is weird because the first Crowd House album, as I've said before, is probably my favorite album of all time. Magnificent. And what's that? It's magnificent. It is. And I don't know why I don't pay. I mean, I like Split Ends, but I don't know why I don't spend more time with those latter day Split Ends albums because they're basically just precursors to to my favorite album, Crowded House album of all time. Most of the same, a lot of the same people, similar yeah. vibes, similar yeah. everything. And for whatever reason, I don't do it as much, although I do like Split Ends a lot. Yeah, this was a much uh, far cry from Six Months in a Leaky Boat, this song. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen Neil live a dozen times, probably, and he always plays this. Yeah. Usually just him and a piano. It's beautiful. Yeah. Nice stripped cool. down version. Ben, we're uh, we're up to your third one. Yeah, I'm I'm flipping this on the head here. So I'm I'm going with the Smiths. There is a light that never goes out. Driving in your car. Oh, please don't drop me home. Because it's not my home, it's their home, and I'm welcome no more. And if a double decker goes. Crashes into us To die by your side Is such a heavenly way to die And if a tent on Probably not your um, typical <laughs> love song. I mean, most love songs are not going to say, you know, if we die in a car crash, what a beautiful way to die being by your side. But it is. It is a love song. And um, Morrissey just knows how to just emote to the point where you're like, I feel that, man. I feel that. <laughs> And uh, and look, I, I'm on record of saying that Johnny Marr is probably my favorite guitarist of all time. Like, I'm you don't need to be a shredder. You just need to have tasty hooks. And the dude just has hooks that go on for days. And it's so this is this is by far my favorite Smith song. Going back to what you were saying, John. If I ever did make a list of my favorite songs of all time, this would probably be top five. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we, we definitely got into the uh, got into your souls during this love song uh, <laughs> extravaganza here. Yeah. And this probably just shows you what a sad bastard I am as well. <laughs> That's very true. Then yeah. I want to. Cause I did, I did, I did message you guys. And I said, what does it say about me that I can come up with a zillion heartbreak songs, but really good love songs. Yeah. I don't, ha- I, I don't have many. 
Yeah, mm. it's, that's the dirty little secret about love songs and, and listening to that radio program all those years ago that I realized is that how many love songs aren't actually about people that are actually oh. right now currently in love. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to correct you on one thing. It wasn't just about a car crash, Ben. It was about a horrific double, accident. A double-decker bus. Double-decker bus up. or a or what is it, a 70-ton truck or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're they're gonna make sure they're gonna make sure that they're not getting out of that one. Uh yeah. Um interesting interesting pick. And again, a, a different oh, this isn't even the most interesting no it's not no we'll get we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there yeah uh this is off the queen is dead very emo very bizarre lyrics about what an honor it would be to die by his romantic partner's side after that horrific accident um yeah interesting pick i like it i like where your head's at ben even though it's a weird place that probably people shouldn't go no <laughs> don't don't go there <laughs> all right so uh, I guess we're up to me. I guess I have to go again, and I'm going to get 1981 out of the way. I'm really not sure why so many from 81. Maybe that who, was... Uh, who broke your heart in 1981? Yeah, good question. That's Who didn't? Now, now that you guys question. have gone into my psyche, let's get into Michael's psyche here. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, I, I'm Take your pick. Who made you cry? Like I, the I was... last American virgin. Who made you cry? <laughs> tell you i was the shortest skinniest kid in my entire class so yeah i wasn't swimming in the ladies back in 1981 uh but i could roller skate like you wouldn't know what even even rat gotta tell (laughs) all right it can happen okay uh the odd thing about this one i thought this song was older when then it ended up being when i picked it i just kind of it came to me that i like this song a lot it's uh a canadian band called april wine that didn't really make as big a splash here in the states uh just between you and me is the name of the song from the album the nature of the beast band's most successful single and it went to only number 21 in the u.s so that tells you that they didn't really make a dent here but the guitar tone in this song is so pure and so distinctive i love the intro and the guitar solo it is it is a power ballad that predates a lot of the songs that we think of as power ballads and this is the kind of song that we we come to know power ballads from is this type of song and and obviously it goes back even beyond that but I don't typically like also when 
English lyrics switched to another language, but I'm going to give them a pass since they're Canadian and they switched over to French for a couple lines. Uh, but I just, I love this song. It's just a great uh, soft rock power ballad. So I don't know how familiar you guys are with this, but uh, John, do you know April Wine? Are you an April Wine guy? I have one April Wine CD and it's this one. And um, me too. One to have. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the April Wine CD that I've got. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I always mean to go deeper. I, I lumped them in with Triumph. I don't think I have any Triumph CDs, but they're another classic Canadian rock band that I need to spend more time with and have just never gotten around to it. I, I like this song a lot. I don't, I feel like this is a template. I mean, you talk about, you know, monster ballads or whatever. I feel like this was a precursor to a, to a formula that was perfected just a three or four years later, you know, with like, I remember you by Skid Row or something or forever by kiss or something like that. They took the pieces of a song, like, like this one and said, you know what, we can, we can take this up to 11 We can, and, uh, and they did. And so it's almost like this was a before picture. And I remember you as the after picture mm. or something like that. So I do like this song a lot. Um, I just feel like they generics, the wrong word, but it, it, they, they perfected or improved on what April Wine was doing here just a couple of years later. I feel like Bon Jovi ripped april wine off probably probably yeah maybe yeah. I, yeah what i liked about this though is there's an honesty to this that i i feel like later power ballads were more contrived so mm-hmm. uh that's a really good point actually mike i like that you're right yeah. all right that's uh that's three down for everybody we're back around to john all right the other song that i want to pick that is lyric focused is wonderful by adam ant your sweet kiss Did I tell you I didn't cry Well I lied Ah la 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 Over Real over When I nearly hit the face I love So tired of packaging the anger Yes, I do. Did I tell you that I was wrong? I was wrong. Cause you're wonderful, yeah. I'll tell you how much I miss your smile. This is another song that, if any of my former paramours are listening, you probably have a mixed CD or mixtape with this song on it. They're all listening, John. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Dozens of them. Um, by the way, my last name means the great lover. Did you know that? I mean, that's that's why I'm here. No, we're going to fact check that, though. Lamore, <laughs> <laughs> oh. love, right? And if you put the O on the end, it's because they're noteworthy for their love. I like to think noteworthy in a positive way, not, not a negative way. So Infamous. Yeah, I'm the great lover. That's what my name means. Anyway, uh, this was a an incredible latter day comeback for Adam Ant. He had been as Adam as uh, Ben and I spoke recently. He was 
so on fire there for the first three or four albums in the 80s and then fell off miserably. And unfortunately, Wonderful is the one and almost only good song on this accompanying it, album. It is the only good song on the album, yes. but it's really good. Yeah, it is. And it's the only, and I think he's only ever done one other album since then. And that one's not very good. Poor guy can't figure it out, but he nailed it on this. And again, the lyrics, you know, uh, did I tell you I didn't cry? Well, I lied and I almost hit the face I love. And uh, did I tell you you're wonderful? Did I tell you that I was wrong? You know, the, uh, the sentiment going back to just dead on bullseye lyrics that speak to most people's reality, love reality, feelings for someone who doesn't who left them or went away. This song speaks directly to that. I think it's a modern day masterpiece. And unfortunately, there's not that there is there are no more other modern day Adamant masterpieces. Yeah, it's a, a far cry from Ant Music and Stand and Deliver, uh, a much more mature Adamant. And I love the the way his his low and high voice blend together through the mm-hmm. song is it really just hits the spot. Mm-hmm. You guys are, you guys are, are, have been doing your, your adamant research, Ben, what do you, uh, what are your thoughts on wonderful aside from the fact that it's the only good song on the album? <laughs> it is the only good song on the album, but it's a great one. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, and it, that time period, it was such a weird time to have a resurgence. It was like, I I didn't feel like any of the eighties bands were relevant. What was that? Was it 94, 95 when that came out? Yeah. Around 95. Probably. Yeah. 94, 94, five. Yes. Yeah. So it was just odd that he had the resurgence and, uh, Hey, it's a great song. (laughs) It was strange in, in our town, at least they played that song on the alternative rock station. So we were getting him and we were getting Thomas Dolby back right around that time as well, as I recall. So it was really there were, there were a couple guys. Yeah, the uh uh I love you goodbye came must have come out somewhere. Oh, I then. love that song too. Yeah. Yes. That was That's not played one. in Utah, which is really weird that that really? wasn't played in Utah. Hmm. No, it should have been. Yeah. I love that song. Okay. It's a great pick. That is a yeah. great pick. All right, we're back around to me, I guess. I didn't, Three people. I didn't, I didn't go. Oh, oh, that's oh. right. I'm 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 bad at keeping track. You're bad at it. You know what it was? Was Ben Ben talked last? So I just <laughs> I know I'm after Ben. All right. Yes, Ben, you're correct. You are up for uh, your next so, track. So this is my out of left field pick. So this is a band called Say Anything, and the song is called Alive with the Glory of Love. You're standing, yeah, right on the foyer on this dark day, right in plain view. Oh, yeah, of the whole ghetto, the bootstrap meadows, but we ignore that. Yeah, you're lonely, baby. This war is crazy. I won't let you. 
definitely an emo song from early 2000s. Um, we actually did an episode on this really early on with a husband-wife duo named Still Electric. And I kind of knew this song, but I didn't know the backstory of it. So the lead singer, Max Bemis, his grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And so this song is written from the perspective of his grandparents hiding in the ghetto and just the lyrics are just heartbreakingly beautiful. Let me, let me pull those up. And, um, and brutal. <laughs> and brutal. Cause it's like, you know, if, if, uh, well here, let me, should they catch us and dispatch us those separate work camps? I'll think about you. I'll dream about you. I will not doubt you with the passing of time. Should they kill me? Your love will fill me as warm as the bullets. I'll know my purpose. This all was worth this. I won't let you down. And then there's this raucous chorus at the end of, I won't let you down. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a love song and mm -hmm. it's, it's brutal, but this is just every time I listen to the song, now that I know what the background is, it's just powerful. It just nails me in the, in the heart. And, um, that's again, that's my sad bastard thing coming out <laughs> where I just, uh, yeah, it just, it just hits me in a different way. And not too many love songs set during the Holocaust. No, no. <laughs> um, I also believe there's some lyrics in there about uh, having losing their their jewelry and having their teeth, their gold teeth taken out or something to that effect. Yeah, they'll they'll search the buildings, collect gold fillings, wallets and rings. <sighs> but Miss Miss Black Eyeliner, you'd look finer with each day in hiding. <laughs> Emo Ouch. Holocaust. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a different one, Ben. What, what made this one stick out to you? That the Just that, I mean, event. Yeah. yeah. And, and doing an episode, this is the beauty of, of my podcast is we let the guests for the most part, pick, pick their records. And so we get exposed to a lot of different albums where we probably would not have done. Yeah. And um, so them picking that this record, Wayne and I were just like, all right, I, I, <laughs> get, I guess so. And then when you get to this song, you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine that was especially true early on in your show where you're you're, you're just trying to get the next guest and and uh, you're yeah. like, yeah, whatever you guys want to talk about, just come on the show. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's true. Yeah. Very interesting. Did you were you aware of this one, John? Is was this one? Uh, no. No, not at all. Yeah, I wasn't um, either. I always tell Ben, I I listen to I listen to his show unless I don't know who the guest is and I don't know what album they're talking about. If I know who the guest you is, I'll listen. And if I know the album, I'll listen. Then you did then you didn't listen to this episode. I probably didn't <laughs> no. listen to say anything. I may have no. skipped that one. No. I'm sorry. No. Um it's a fun one a, though. I will say it, I, I will listen to the album and then I'll go back and listen to the episode. Um yeah, the song was fun. I mean, you know, it's the outlier, the the purposeful outlier on this little playlist, love playlist mm -hmm. of ours. But that's fine. It's a diff tells a different story about a different kind of love, and it's just as valid as anything else. 
Um, I would never play it for my wife or anyone else to get in the mood or anything like that, (laughs) but I might do it to like, you know, take a fight or something. Yeah. I played it for my wife when I was putting together my list and she goes, please don't, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, nope, nope, this is one that I'm submitting. This is, this is the one. Was she concerned? Was she concerned that you that we would uh, get the wrong idea about you, or that we would maybe call someone to come oh, and, and check you on you? Are, you? You guys already know I'm a sad bastard, so it's all good. All right, good stuff. All right, that was again. That was one that was definitely not expected uh, in you know my my head. I was thinking light rock station fair, and this one is anything but that. So uh, oh, I've I've kept my light rock. <laughs> yeah i've kept my light rock for pick number five all right we'll we'll, we'll get you back there okay <laughs> uh earlier uh john was talking about you know the hitsville studios and the microphone hanging down from the ceiling and that was the way that this song was recorded my fourth fourth track which is not from 1981 but it is from the 80s It is the love theme from Footloose, also known as Almost Paradise, from Mike Reno and Ann Wilson. This was uh, music by the legendary Eric Carmen, and the lyrics were written by Dean Pitchford. Two iconic 80s voices with Loverboys, Mike Reno and Hearts, uh, Ann Wilson teaming up. Their voices just blend so perfectly on this song. It's uh, it, it comes off as very heartfelt and uh, organic. It is uh, It was allegedly recorded one take. And on the, with the two singing into a hanging microphone together, facing each other producer Keith Olson recorded it uh, on the one mic and it was done in one take and Ann Wilson, but it's interesting. I've seen interviews with both Mike and Ann about the song and they've uh, Mike talked about how the song was brought to him and he instantly said, if I can have anyone I want, I want Ann Wilson and Wilson was asking and she was supposedly this song was presented to her. You can have anyone you want. And she was like, well, how about Paul Rogers? or Robert Plant, or Lou Graham, <laughs> and, and it eventually came came around to, to Mike Reno, but it, it was a fantastic pairing, and the interesting thing about this song, too, is that Anne had uh, fractured her hand or her wrist or something the, the day before recording this song, and she never performs uh, impaired, so she went in with no painkillers, with, you know, the throbbing hand, and, and sang it like a champ, and uh, this is... An amazing song that 
it's it's no wonder that the Footloose soundtrack did as well as it did. But there wasn't just this song on that album, obviously. But um, this one was uh, one of the most well known from that, and and just really captures that love songs and nothing but love songs uh, vibe. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, could you could could you imagine Robert Plant singing the "I swear that I can see forever in your eyes"? Could you no, imagine him singing that lyric? I cannot. I cannot. It, it, you know, Paul Rogers is a fine singer, but I also couldn't picture him doing this duet with no. her either. No. no, no. Lou, I could see doing. It. I think Lou would have done a great job with it. He would have done a good job. With it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, either of you a fan of this? Is it too cloying for you? Um, I'll I'll interject. I've had both of them on my show. Love them both. What? I, I don't. What? I know. Flex, flex time. Um, there you go. There you go, Mike. Um, I don't believe Ann and I discussed it, but I'm pretty sure Mike and I did. And he did say what you just said about the one take and the, the hanging microphone and stuff like that. Um, I love this song. I do feel I put it in the same box that I would have put foreigner in, which is that it's kind of more of the, like, turn it up lighter at a concert more than it is like an actual love song that makes me feel it it's like a Hallmark card versus a versus an actual verbal. I love you. I don't know if that even made sense, whatever it is. It's uh, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I don't know if cloying is the right word. It's just, uh, but I love, I mean, it's a classic. It's a classic. And it's the two of them at like their absolute peak, by the way, shout out to lover boy. Lover boy doesn't get enough love. Speaking nope. of which nope. I've seen them in concert now, like three or four times. They're always opening for other bands like Rick Springfield or I saw them Cheap last Trick. summer opening for Sticks and Ario. So did I. Yeah. Went to the exact same show. Yeah. Loverboy kills it. Yeah. They were they are fantastic. Yeah. And uh they're now, hits. now granted, Mike doesn't really move around much anymore. Mike is bigger than the three of us put together. <laughs> yeah. But there's he can still hit the notes. There's some good living that's happened in the last 40 that's years. That's true. But God bless those guys. Yeah. It's the original guys. They sound just as good. Those songs hold up. Loverboy is a band that I think is too easy for a lot of people to take for granted. Mm-hmm. Stop it. They're worth it. They're great. Go see them. Yeah. They're much more than working for the weekend, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Uh, any love for this song or uh, just background I, I mean, noise? honestly this whole time period the power ballads i kind of don't listen to anymore um this is like the brian adams heaven period Mm -hmm. this is you know journeys faithfully open arms yeah it's it's not where it's not where i go if it's on the radio i'll listen to it yeah yeah i'll listen to it I'm sure you you probably have the Footloose soundtrack on vinyl. I'm sure I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I do. Yeah. All right. That's my four. We are back around to let John close out his five love songs. What do you got? Number five, John. Here we go with another bold pronouncement. I kick this off with what I think is the most perfect song ever recorded. And now I'm kicking, I'm ending this with what I think is maybe the most perfect love song ever recorded this is it's definitely of the 80s this is tender love by the force mds Here. 
soundtrack and um crush groove was a crush i get those two mixed up okay crush groove you're right crush groove and um that was the last theme for that show yeah yeah the system i've i've had them on the show too they were on that uh anyway it's not much of a flex system (laughs) rock by the way don't disturb this groove come on now whatever (laughs) Whatever is right. You wish, whatever. They're so good. Anyway, (laughs) that was early on. We've gotten better than that, but I I stand by that episode. Anyway, the point is, uh, this song is, to me, one of the greatest love songs ever recorded, definitely of the 80s. Um, I love the vocals. It is exactly what it says it is. Tender love. Everyone's voice holds up. It is obviously influenced by those early doo-wop you know, the ink spots and whatever, um, going into early Motown with like the Jackson five and smoking and the miracles and that kind of stuff. But it's a, for what it was at the time, a modern twist on that sound and on those, on that genre. And it absolutely holds up. It is gorgeous to me. I just realized I didn't pick anything that like is sexy time love songs. This I is? picked all what's that. This is. I kind think of, this is yeah. sexy time. This is yeah. this is quiet storm type stuff. Quiet Candles. storm. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. For I sure. I went for the most part with songs that have that sentiment that I really like more than um, creates a mood that I really like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But um, this is probably the closest one. I just think it's one of the most perfect love songs ever recorded. Do we know where the Force MD's name came from? Maybe I'm just square. I don't know that. I don't know what a Force MD even is. I heard that story once years ago, and now I can't remember what it is. Ben, you got some Force Sorry. MDs CDs in your collection? I, <laughs> I actually do. I actually do you do. really? I do. Wow. If Even I get, don't. I have you, the Crush Groove soundtrack, but that's give, it. Yeah, if you give me a minute, I could probably go find it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, the, this also was on their Chillin' album. Is that the one? I'm going to Google the how they got their name. While Ben okay. talks about whatever boring song he's going to talk about. All right. This oh, was written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And oh, that tells legends, you everything you need legends, to know right there. Legends. That explains it all right there. Uh, okay. Written and produced by those two and um, yes. made it to number 10 in the Hot 100, number four in the R&B chart. So uh, not too bad. The band's only top 40 hit. It's got that classic light, uh, light rock 80s sound like I was uh, kind of picturing in my head when I, I had the idea for the, the show. And it's the only thing about this song that bothered me. It's not a big deal, but the the, tr- the transition of the lyrics to from tender love, love so tender. You just said that you just changed the words around. <laughs> I don't know why tack. that I don't know why that bugged me, but it, it always kind of was like that's a uh, that's a ticky tack foul right there michael you got to get over that it it is and i recognize <laughs> I that it is <laughs> it that's totally on me it's my bad but uh that's yeah i guess as a writer i just felt like that was that could have been a better line there but md stands for musical diversity okay so it's not a doctor no <laughs> the force musical diversity that's what it stands for what was according that? to wikipedia there was a show that ended that way not a doctor 
I can't remember. It was a Ooh. sitcom. Doogie, yeah, you're right. Doogie, Doogie Hauser. I don't no, think so. It was a, it was a sitcom, Doogie and it was like Hauser musical diversity. <laughs> okay. So why not? All right, All right Ben. Uh, any thoughts on the Force MDs? I know you own at least one of their CDs. <laughs> I do. I, I will. What, when you're talking, I will go. I will go find it. Okay. Um, I will say this: We watched Crush Groove so many times in high school. This how is, hot was Sheila E? Oh my gosh, scorch! Right? Yes. Right? Right? Oh my gosh! Usually, I I like my chocolate white, but mm. oh yeah, no, 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 no sir, no, no sir. Oh, she was smoking back in the oh my for, gosh for sure. Wasn't that Blair? It was Blair Underwood, who was the. Uh, the 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 mill i think he is in that oh yeah. i haven't seen this in a while yeah i've yeah. never that, seen that movie but, but, but that was our introduction to the beastie boys yeah true she's on it she they played she's on it and ll cool j is in it real briefly as well yeah yeah all right classic another one to throw in the movie night uh rotation there yeah man <laughs> you know 80s. Whenever one of these old movies comes up and I, I'm like, oh, well, I haven't seen that ever or I haven't seen that in, you know, 30 years. I go to justwatch.com. I type the name of it in and it's not available to watch anywhere. <laughs> you have to rent it or <laughs> right, buy true. it. Yeah, That's true. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. Uh, so Force MDs brings us to Ben's closeout song. Not as I'm, weird as your last one. Well, it depends on what your definition of weird is. So I'm, we're going AM gold again. This is uh, what, from late 79, early 80. So this is longer from Dan Fogelman. <laughs> skating rink in the late 70s early 80s this was yeah this this was the song that you made sure okay it's couple skate time <laughs> this was one of the songs for couple skate uh and it's just a beautiful song i mean i i love dan fogelberg um this is the one one of the artists that wayne gives me a lot of crap about because he's like how many dan fogelberg albums do you own i'm like eh, six <laughs> that's and not I'm, what i have and i'm yeah. and and i'm completely okay with it because he was a really fantastic songwriter gone way too early um and this song is just it's beautiful yeah it's a, a song that i feel like should be always on the adult contemporary chart and never have come off since it was written for sure pretty much. Yeah. You know, you're right. 
It was the number one, obviously, on the adult contemporary chart and on the Cashbox Top 100. It was number two on the Hot 100, his highest charting single from the Phoenix album. And just it's so simple. It's his voice, a guitar, a flugelhorn, and a harp. How many flugelhorn <laughs> solos do you get in pop not, music? Not many. <laughs> nope, not many. <laughs> you really don't. You don't get a lot of flugelhorn. His doubled vocals are amazing. Uh, John, he, uh, I, I love this song too. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's impenetrable. If anything, it um, kind of like what Ben was saying earlier. It because it's become maybe the only song that Dan Fogelberg is remembered for, or at least the main one. That and same old Lang Syne or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm, uh, I think people might reduce him just to that which is a shame because there's a, he's actually pretty good. There's lots of other, I'm not going to vouch for all of them, but there's some other quality albums there, out there. There are some canon. stinkers. Phoenix is really good. The one that it is, comes yeah. off of is really good. Also includes, was it Heart Hotels? That was a minor hit for mm-hmm. him as well. Um, yeah. There's, and yeah. there's some, there's some good diversity of songs on this one, on that album as well. There's, there's actually a couple rockers on the on this one. He well. put out an album in the '80s called Exiles that is like almost hard rock. Great, it's a great album too. Yeah. It sounds nothing like this, yeah. but yeah, I mean, comparing it, you know, complaining about longer is like complaining about oxygen. <laughs> what can you? How can you say anything bad about oxygen? Yeah. We all need it. We all like it. We live for it. What? What is there bad to say? You know, right. Right. longer I, is I, one of those. Did I miss? Did you did you say leader of the band? Did I miss you saying uh, that? That's that's not on. No, no, it's not on that album. But it's that's another one that he, I think he's known for. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. I would say the average person might be able to name two Dan Fogelberg songs. Maybe. I I road. have a uh, I got in trouble for a Dan Fogelberg purchase once. Not really in trouble, but um, How do you get my, in trouble for a Dan Fogelberg. It, it's not real trouble, but I got. I got yelled at, but basically what happened is I had uh, a lot of parties. My, my oldest of my two sisters was not too much younger than me. So we had a lot of combined parties, you know, where we'd invite our friends over and, and I would always go get new 45s before any party. except I was the DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I wouldn't let anybody touch my stereo. <laughs> and uh, I went and bought some records and, she wasn't happy that I purchased a 45 of a horse racing song called run for the roses, <laughs> but I liked that song and damn it. I wanted that 45. So I bought it and I played it at that party and I slow danced with a girl to that song. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Go play so it. who, who, uh, who really won that battle? You obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. quoted Dan Fogelberg. So it's hard to say. Mm. Good point. I like Sorry. it. I like Sorry. what you did there. Dad joke. Sorry. All right. So uh, I guess that will be me to uh, close this thing out. So are we doing any honorable mentions? We can certainly do honorable or, mentions. Or do we want to save them all for next year when we do another? <laughs> oh my god. Do you know how many love songs will be released between now and February 2024? I kind of blew my wad on love songs this time. I don't know if I <laughs> no, I'm sure I can think of five more. All right. Well, we heard from Ben in terms of his and his wife's song. So we're going to close with 
my version of our song. And it's from my favorite band, no surprise, Genesis with Follow You, Follow Me from the 1978 album. And then there were three... Once had the uh, the words "Follow You, Follow Me" inscribed on an iPod she bought me for Christmas when oh, iPods were still popular and a thing. Phil Collins has said that it wasn't intended to be a single or a hit single, but it reached number twenty three in the U.S. and number seven on the U.K. singles chart. And it's got this great rhythm throughout, a great percussion track, and Phil sings it so well. Uh, and the keyboard solo from Tony Banks in this song is amazing. So, um, "Follow You, Follow Me" for me is my top love song if if and, and a desert island love song if there's such a thing as desert island love song john i know you had mentioned you might uh pick another version of this song yeah the red house painters version of this song is my wife and i's song sadly mark Kozlak turned out to be a douchebag but prior to that their version of this was i don't even remember how it got there i think i put it on a mix cd for her too probably when we were recording but yeah that's our that's my wife and I's song too. So great pick. I almost picked that one and I thought I'll go deeper. Okay. Genesis yeah. guy, uh, Ben, you like the Genesis? Um, yeah. I like I'm the not. poppy latter day Genesis. I don't like the weird proggy Genesis. Yeah. I, I would say Genesis self-titled through we can't dance. Probably. That's probably my era. Okay. After they got rid of that loser, Peter Gabriel, pretty much. <laughs> you suck. No, they were uh, both better without each other. They really were. I think. Yep, they really were. Agreed. Uh, yes, uh, I love Genesis in all its forms. He's got his Force MD. There it is. Wow, he really does have a Force MD. I told you I did. Touch, Didi, wow. Touch, touch and go from uh, what eighty-seven. Does not include tender love on it, though. No, no, no. no that's on chilling, and you're not chilling with that chillin'. one. <laughs> I'm not chilling. <laughs> so there you have it: fifteen love songs to celebrate Valentine's Day with. I, I think you might want to stay clear of the say anything if you're having, you know, some no, chocolate no, and strawberries by candlelight. Definitely <laughs> listen to that. Here's what you should do. Make a make, make a playlist, but put that but that song first, so you can get it out of the way. It's over in like three minutes. You know, the mood has doesn't have to start. It's not going to interrupt anything. Mm. It's not going to be the happy ending at the end. Yeah. Get it in the right at the beginning. Get it over with, and no, then I, I I think that if you're if you're doing this right, John, you're using the mixtape to woo your lady 
alive with the glory of love needs to come last because that is uh the like climax baby post-coital that is climax yeah you and your lady are laying there like we just won an olympic medal and that's then right. that song comes on and that's right okay okay i could see okay. that <laughs> yeah i think i'd rather have that playing while she's distracted watching me spread the the rose petals and light the <laughs> candles and that kind of thing that? yeah before you said rose petals and you left it at spread i just my i was like where are we going with this where are we going please thankfully yeah. you said you've finished it off with rose yeah. petals and, and no one would have been the wiser where your mind was until you brought it up john well we are talking about love this, this you let time, it so. you just you let the beast out there didn't you? how deep is your love it's pretty deep oh, it's pretty dark that's uh that's yeah. hey that's a good one for next year ben that's a good song for next year <laughs> oh that was um, a, it was an honorable mention are you do you have some oh. honorable mentions before oh, yeah, we yeah, 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 on yeah. Out? yeah i mean if we don't do this i'm here this is me shooting my shot so okay here here are my others so uh romeo and juliet from dire straits oh fantastic that was very close to making my list i know john you don't like it screw i'm not a, no it's it's okay i'm not a dire straits fan, um really. the book of love from magnetic fields that's uh, a good one yeah peter, speaking to peter gabriel peter gabriel did a cover of that as well which is really mm -hmm. really great um my brother and i did did that song for my parents 50th anniversary so they oh. had, had a big old thing and so he got out his uke and we harmonized on the book of love that's sweet um i'll fly for you from spandau ballet we were going back and forth on this mm -hmm. because i'm like is this a love song or is this a heartbreak song mm -hmm. i even posted it out there on on the the socials and i think pretty much everybody except for you said it was a heartbreak song Hmm. I'll have to listen to it again. Rethink. Okay. And then to, this is total cliche, but it is just one of the best love songs ever done. And this is how good it is, is that people like Billy Joel and Garth Brooks and Adele have covered it. Bob Dylan's make you feel my love is mm. it's a standard, it's a standard mm. love song. Okay. There you go. There's there's my honorable okay. mentions. John, did you have any honorable mentions, or is that what you just the list is what Not we got? Really? Yeah. The list the list is kind of there were others. I mean, if like I was talking about sexy time earlier, there are some that uh, if we're going that more to that direction, like Wicked Game from Chris Isaac is always great for that. Mm -hmm. Disappear by NXS is another um, that could go in that area. That's another sort of like more of like an optimistic declaration of feelings as opposed to something kind of dark and sad. So yeah, I could keep going and going. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. A couple of the ones that didn't quite make it for me because they were a little bit up tempo and I wanted to go with a certain vibe. I, I, I considered you make love and fun from Fleetwood Mac, but of course I'm still trying to trying to mourn and process uh, Christine McVie's loss. Um, and uh, another, uh, sort of more of an unrequited love song uh, it's actually a disco song if i can't have you by yvonne elliman was in the running there i really love that song i love the way she sings it uh so there were there were a few there and then there were some more obvious choices so, sort of from that same mid-80s era like uh speaking of spandau ballet true um mm -hmm. and um that's a 
I feel like that's a heartbreak song too. I don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe next year we just do booty call songs. <laughs> if you think about it, true is almost not even a love song. Yeah, that's kind of what where I was where where I ended up making the cut was that it was like because that was always on that love songs program, always every yeah, single yeah. night. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was one of those that uh, you know when you lyrically break it down, it doesn't hold up. No, it, uh, it sounds like a love song, but the lyrics are not lovey at all. Really? Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna remember going to remember that's not a thing we're we, remembering's a thing but not the way i was going to use it we're going to remind people that's what i was going to say how they can find you guys and your shows so you're you're both the hustle podcast and records revisited available everywhere you get podcasts obviously where can they interact with you folks online start with uh, john because he's on the top on my uh, screen i'm at the hustle pod on twitter um, I am, I've said this before, I'm more reactionary than proactive on Twitter. Facebook is more where I, where I do most of my communicating either way. You could even email me if you wanted at the hustlepod at gmail.com, whatever. I like interacting with people. Okay. Is that the opposite of Ben then? Pretty much. <laughs> He's a curmudgeon. What? I love interacting with people. Are I'm you just kidding, kidding me? Oh, I, we, I know you do. <laughs> ben, uh, what's, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, at Podcast Records on Twitter, Facebook page, just search for Records Revisited Podcasts. If you do go to our Instagram, Wayne is the curator over there. So yeah, it's it's pretty sparse content because that's Wayne. Yeah, you get a lot of different record recommendations on the Instagram than you do watching the uh, the Twitter feed, you seeing think? what you're playing. Yeah, you think? yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really There's do. Adamant and Ramones and uh, some some loud raucous music, which uh, that's 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 Wayne. Yeah, uh, and also John does a lot of polls on Twitter. Yeah, I started doing one every day. I don't know, a few months ago, and it's funny because I desperately need to quit Twitter. <laughs> it, uh, the politics are depressing me to no end, and yeah. I think. But if I quit, I couldn't do my daily poll. And it's not like anyone even cares about my daily poll. So I always anyway. answer you, though. I always answer I you. I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. You and like 25 other people, and that's about it. Yeah, your I, wife I, likes I, your uh, daily poll. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. Uh, Are you talking about wives and polls? Yeah, yep. he, he took yeah. it to the place where you were just taking the, the you, spreading of the rose okay. petals. I okay. Went, I just went full on Beavis right there. Yeah, you yeah. did. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. It must be too that. late. We got to get Ben to it really sleep is. here. It has been a thank- long ass week. It really has. Uh, thank you guys so much for doing this with me. It, it was just a, a, you know, I love topic shows. I love just talking music and seeing where everybody's coming from and when i you throw a topic out and you get something like say anything from ben and you get <laughs> same show you get four seventies and uh, you know it's that's what makes it all worthwhile i love it uh everybody has their own stuff and and uh i like bringing it together i like bringing people together even two guys that fight like an old married couple i love bringing you guys we together. love each so, other though we love <laughs> that's it yeah. that is it John Lamoro from the Hustle Pod, Ben Montgomery from Records Revisited. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. We'll do it again sometime. I had a great time. Everybody go to michaelsrecordcollection.com, 
click on all the things and you'll make me very happy. Have a great Valentine's Day, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash michaelsrecordcollection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening.